0: I'm gonna go ahead and click record so I can get every minute I can with you, um, and I'll all have right you out of here right. by 6:45. Um, sounds good. First of all, it's good to see you, brother. Been a while. Good you. You too, man. <laughs> and that for the folks that don't know, you just killed a non-typical freak of a whitetail. It was awesome, buck. So <laughs> yeah. So congrats on that yeah. too.
1: Well, thank you, thank you.
0: But um, so I haven't told anybody this yet. So this is kind of the the uh, the. Reveal, I guess, if you want to call it, I I'm looking at trad bow hunting next year. Uh, me Hello. and my buddy, Brad, uh, pal, he killed a, uh, big ass Rosie last year. I mean, I thought I killed the King of the mountain, you know, killed a three thirteen bull. It's a life goal of mine to kill one over 300 inches on the coast. And, uh, he came over to my house and he's like, dude, I'll probably never kill on that big. And then goes out that same day. That evening and kills a three twenty five. <laughs> so, Good lord! It's like so dude, he gave you one day. You just one couldn't let me have zero. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So I mean, it. Be, I'm totally stoked for him. I'm 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 happy, but um, he, you know he him and I are both looking at um, uh, you know the trad game next year, and I have a little bit of experience, and and I know I could figure it out, but I'm like I should probably pick Brian's brain on this make a podcast episode and just make sure I don't have sure. any stupid thoughts in my head before I started blowing money at trad crap. You mean, so, you
1: mean the stupid thought of going to a trad
0: book? Yeah, that well, so that's fair. <laughs> so here's my thought, man is like, I'm going to carry my compound. I'm going to be dialed with it. And if I have a, you know, a freak bowl just walks out like I did this year, I'm going to smoke it with my compound. I'm not playing games, but yeah, if I have you know just a rag or a you know a younger bull and I, that I'm gonna pass up with my compound, I'm gonna try and kill it with my trad bow. So. Well, I feel like
1: the the country that I've seen that you guys hunt out there, I mean, most of your shots are pretty close anyway, aren't
0: they? Uh, this year, I, I, I shot that bull at 79. Um, so that's not close. <laughs> no, I mean because there's, yeah. there, there's a lot of units. There's a lot of units and it's open. And then I followed it up with. I didn't redial or anything. I didn't re, re uh, range him, but I, I put my 79 on the back of his back and it smoked him again. I mean, both my arrows were about that far apart right behind the shoulder, just thunk, thunk, yeah. thunk, kind of like that. And just, you know, and there's not really anywhere to go but down from that bull. And I'm like, well, you know, I think it would kind of be cool to just start fresh with the trad bow and, and just fall in love with bow hunting and getting close again. Because... For me, I, I've killed a lot of stuff at longer distances, and I feel like that's robbing your, your uh, myself of the true experience of, of really bow hunting. I mean, I've got yep. two kills under 20 yards. That's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. And I've been hunting, bow hunting for, you know, 15, 16 years now, and I've got two kills under 20 yards. It just doesn't seem right to me, you know, like.
1: No, no. And I mean, I, I don't ever want
0: to throw out, like,
1: numbers or anything but um you gotta know my resume right and and i would say 90 percent of mine have been under 20 yards including western games.
0: yeah and i i would swap you obviously swap you my resume with your resume but um i i am more proud of my 17 yard sub 20 kills than i am my longer distance kills and, um, yeah. I mean, I, I hardly ever talk about my longer distance once because I'm like, dude, yeah, I filled my tag. I got it done. I was, in my opinion, I was ethical. I, I made one shot, you know, I, I didn't need two shots on that bowl, but if I have a second shot, I'm going to take it. And, Always. and, uh, yeah. And so, but I'm like to, to really be better and push myself. I feel like this is just the next step. And I, I almost did it a few years ago, but I just, I I wasn't to the point where I wasn't willing to eat a tag and I'm still not quite there yet. So I'm going to carry my compound with me, but I, I, I know I can kill him with a trad bow. If I tried, I know I could. Well,
1: you, you can, I mean, the, what I would tell you is, is that, um, you know, I, I had the few years of bouncing back and forth where I wasn't totally committed because I was still young. I mean, I started shooting a stick bow, and, uh, oh gosh, I guess I would have been 22 years old. So, um, and I wasn't ready to commit fully, you know, so I was bouncing back and forth and, um, the guy that kind of got me into it, he just said, man, you, you, you could be an incredible you know, stick bow guy, if you would just commit to it, because everything you're killing with your compound, you're killing inside of 20. Anyway, you're just afraid of that 30 yard shot that's going to walk by you. And um, so I guess I was probably 24, 25 when I committed fully. And I, I, I guess I probably went 15 years straight with just stick bow. Hmm. And I can honestly say that I could count on one hand, the animals that that got by um, because they were out. I couldn't get within a close enough stick bow range, but it's not that I didn't kill another one. It's just that those, that handful of animals, I I couldn't close the deal on. Um, So I didn't feel like it was that big of a a handicap to me Um, and still don't. I mean, I would go back to it tomorrow the only reason I don't shoot a stick bow right now is because I own day six gear. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, and that's the honest truth. And you know, 95% of our customers are compound shooters. And if I'm not up to date and dialed on what they're experiencing with the new equipment they're experiencing, I'm not doing them justice. So yeah. Um, right. but if I didn't have this company, I'd still be shooting a stick bow guaranteed.
0: That's, that's interesting because I feel like your Arrows having a little bit of an elevate, elevated GPI. You're kind of gearing yourself, yeah, you 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 have designed everything that you've you you sell through your own personal success and and everything. I mean, you just, you know, your success guides what you shoot just like me. Like I I fell in love with your broadhead, you know, immediately because I'm like, dude, this is if I had to create a broadhead, it would be it would be exactly like yours pretty much and uh, you and I had that conversation years ago, and I feel like your your arrows would be great for trad guys. I mean, I th- they are great for trad guys. Like, I well, felt like that I a mean, little bit heavier, The the even from yeah. the broadhead to the arrow, everything is, for me points to a trad bow setup.
1: It, it does, because that's where, you know, basically my origin is, and so, I'll tell you this, if you'll commit to a stick bow for a few years, and and you decide to go back to a compound, the compound will feel like a cheater bar. I mean, it'll feel like a rifle, you know, going from a bow to a rifle. Now, I mean, it's a laser beam compared to shooting a stick bow. And so, but what it did for me, um, is it truly taught me about tuning a bow and arrow flight. And it truly taught me about how important arrow flight is to penetration because you don't have the luxury of the velocity Uh, Calculation and your momentum. So you have to pare it down to mass and aeroflight. And once I understood that and understood how critical it was, that aeroflight was everything. um, And the number two thing for me was resistance, uh, having as little amount of resistance as possible upon impact. Um, So you're not you know, losing energy at impact. Uh so once I understood that and spent years and years um trying to, you know, put that perfect package together to be a consistently successful tradbo guy. And that does include about five years of the high FOC BS. Um, because that's where the origin of that started was in the tradbo world. Right. Um and the single bevel shit and all that stuff. So Um, I, you know, I spent a long time in that hole back in the early nineties, um, with a stick bow, trying to create any advantage I could, if you will. So, um, but once I understood it and I saw what could be achieved from a penetration and a, you know, efficiency standpoint with a stick bow, when I decided to build products primarily for compound shooters. And if I decided to ever go back to a compound, I would, you know, my theory was, is why would I scrap the arrow broadhead system? That's working with a toy compared to a laser. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's like a slingshot to a, to a laser type thing. And so why not just take that projectile and put it in a very efficient energy machine and just blow through everything you shoot. And that's, that's how my compound, um, uh, you know, that's how my uh, compound theories basically were formed was the genesis was the trambo experience.
0: So if that makes sense, uh, it, it does make sense. And, and, I'm trying to figure out a way to build an arrow, I guess with, with your arrow setups, I'm, I'm at 400 and like 80 grains. And I thought yeah. about go- dropping down to a hundred grain head this year. Cause I'm just like you know I'm I'm blowing through everything I'm I'm shooting man it doesn't matter if 62 yard frontal we're talking elk only 62 yard frontal I'm losing arrows I'm going blowing right through them I mean it doesn't yeah. matter I I went through the offside scapula on that bowl at 80 I don't know seven yards this year I'm like that was the first time in a while I'd retrieved, you know an arrow um, yeah and, you know the first shot was laying in the in the road I guess but um, it just is like I'm I'm leaving I I feel like I'm I'm I've got more than enough energy to penetrate past what I want to shoot at. I'm, I'm cutting myself off at 80 with my compound, which is a long ways. Um, and I'm like, maybe I can go lighter and, and gain back some speed. And and I'm like, I'll, why? If it's not broken, why screw with it? You know, I when you and I first started talking, I was like, if it's not broken, I'm still gonna screw with it. And now I'm like coming yep. full for for circle. I'm like, I'm not gonna freaking screw with it. But with a well, you're getting older and wiser. From experience, <laughs> I am. I'm losing know? my
1: hair too. Yeah, it's <laughs> hey, hey, turning loose instead of turning gray. Right
0: there, you go. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, you know the the thing is, is that one thing that I do want to say, I, I don't want to make it sound. You know, I'm a very like straightforward, honest type of guy, and I'm the worst salesman ever when it comes to our products. It's not that we're selling a magic bean by any way, any means. You know, a big part of your success that you're achieving is your commitment to getting a perfect tune um, and getting perfect air flight and executing a perfect shot in the moment and not torquing the crap out of your bow and sending a wobbling arrow downrange. Right. So, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. It's not that we're selling some magic bean that's making you this just, you know, incredibly lethal hunter. It's the combination of, of that. And you getting perfect air flight even in the moment because most people can get it on the range but they end up you know stepping on their pecker a bit you know if they're still yeah. on the side of a mountain you yeah. know shooting it at all so
0: um i've so got that, that is like that <clears throat> huh? i said i've got buddies like that i actually converted um a buddy of mine james he shoulder shot a, a small bowl at 40 something 50 yards and uh he was using a head i'm like dude if he would have been using i'm like I don't want to be that guy, but if you were using my setup, you would have killed it. But I'm like, if you were using my my setup, I I honestly believe we wouldn't be tracking this ball right now. You'd we'd be packing it out, and um and so I I'm like, here, let me. In the middle of the day, we weren't on elk, and I'm like, let's set up this target and let's just see, you know, what your what your bow does if it's tuned, if if it likes the arrow and it's tuned, and and it likes the head. I'm like, let's just let's just see what it does, and he's just laser beaming right out to. 25 yards i'm like sweet and then um he ended up giving him i think a head and he put it on his arrow and, and he ended up smoking a, a five point with it a week later or something like that and he's like dude i i never heard it hit i'm like isn't that kind of funny how you don't hear sharp things hit he's like i hardly ever hear my broadheads hit anymore i heard that one hit on the second shot because it hit that offside scapula but half the time i don't even know if i hit the animal because it it's just they sometimes they don't even react they just stand there looking around like, what the hell just happened? You don't hear the animal, or you don't see hear it hit because it's so freaking sharp that there's just no friction there. It's just right through it. No resistance. Yeah. yeah no and resistance. Uh, so I, I, converted and him and, yeah, I converted him and another buddy um, when we went and killed, uh, or when went and packed out my bowl. They, they saw the devastation that the heads did. And I'm like, you know, there's a reason I shoot these. I've shot probably over 150 heads on the market, man. I've tested over 100 easily. There's a reason I shoot Brian's heads and, and, um, you know, I, I, converted a couple guys last year, but it's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the market that you can kill stuff with, you know, putting something in the lungs goes a long ways, but, um, there's, there's a difference there. Cause he hit the the weak part of the scapula on a three blade and, uh, and he lost a bowl on like at 50 yards. And it's just like, dude, I would have blown right through that and i'm not shooting anything i'm a small guy i'm 28 inch draw 70 pounds shooting probably 262 you know yeah or yeah i'm shooting yeah yeah probably 262 to 265 somewhere in there feet per second it doesn't take a bunch of speed if your shit's tuned
1: yeah well you know yeah for sure well all you know the thing is is I know you want to talk about how to get into, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, we're how to get
1: numbers. into, uh, be a successful stick bow shooter <laughs> without, uh, you know, without tripping over, tripping over yourself, uh, on the way. So here's, here's some, here's, let's talk about the bow first. Okay. That's where I was going to start. Okay. Good. So there's a lot of pretty bows out there and, um, and that's kind of where it ends. Um, it doesn't really matter how pretty the bow is. It doesn't matter what it's made from. If it's not cut a minimum of 3 16ths past center, the riser, it's not worth shooting. If you want to be a very proficient trad bow guy that gets optimum penetration on big game animals.
0: Break that down for me, 3 sixteenths ths past center. Explain that to me.
1: So most bows that you see made, most of them that were made before 2000, 2000, even as late as 2005 or 10, they would cut um, the the basically the, where your shelf is and the side of your riser. Mm-hmm. A lot of those were cut to center or maybe just a 16th past center which meant that your arrow for a right-handed shooter, your arrow is already pointing out to the left. Okay. You follow me? Yep. And they did that because they're making out of wood and stuff and they're afraid to remove too much material, you know, to weaken the riser and the riser would break. So, so just a quick little spin around, like the FOC thing started when Dr. Ashby was in Africa shooting all these animals, and then he was shooting all these whatever carcasses and stuff and he started adding point weight and he started getting better penetration well he was adding point weight to a self like an 80 pound self bow that wasn't even cut probably to center shot but maybe to center and with a stick bow when you have a bow that's not cut to center shot the more weight you add the more the arrow flexes and you're basically adding the weight until you get that timing to where it's flexing around that riser because the riser's not simple stuff yep But it only took everybody, you know, 50 years to figure it out. Um, But that is why he got better penetrations, because he got better aeroflight by creating, you know, uh, know, the higher point weight was flexing this dynamic spine of the air. And he was getting better aeroflight. Aeroflight is why you get better penetration. All that other crap is just smoke and mirrors that sell stuff. So, um, So anyway, picking out a boat you've got to make sure that that bow is a, is a modern compound that's cut at least three sixteenths past center. Um, uh, So even if it's like, if it's more, it's better because then, you know, you've got like moleskin on the side or some type of calf hair for it to be quiet. That's a sixteenth of an inch or more thick. So what you're trying to do is make sure that that arrow does not have to shoot around the riser. I'm trying, I'm, making this very simple. I'm not using technical stuff, but try to make it easy for people to understand. Um, so that's super important. And a lot of people don't have bows that are done that way and they struggle. And so I have guys call me all the time. Yeah, I'm shooting a, a 50 pound recurve at 28 inches. And the only thing I can get flat out of it's a 500 spine. I'm like, yes, yeah, because your bow's not cut past center. And so you're having to bend the arrow around the riser. If you, if that's the case, then you you're it's just you're gonna just fight that thing constantly. You're never gonna get perfect arrow flight. And what's gonna be, it's gonna be very unforgiving when you put a big old crank and broadhead on the front of it. So it's just gonna magnify all the problems that you've got because you're having to flex that arrow, get it to turn, then you've got a broadhead on the front trying to steer it. So what you're trying to do is the same thing you're trying to do with your compound is have center shot perfect and have that arrow go out with as little manipulation, a little contact as possible. That's how you kill big stuff with stick boats. Um, that's really everything in a nutshell, because it opens up all your options for to get the proper arrow, the proper way. And you're not restricted down to these smaller spines because of um um, you know, because of it's not cut and past center shot.
0: So you started with you know basically a, a bow is a bow. You know, there's there's pretty ones and but and then you went into the center shot. I That's want- what I'm saying. It doesn't
1: matter how pretty they are, or what they're made out of. Right. If they're not cut past
0: centered, they're not worth having to me. I wanna I wanna go and this is just a complete genuine conversation for folks that are listening here. Cause I, these are things that I've been ro- rolling around in my head so you can hear how I literally, how I think, but I've heard that, um, wood bows kind of have a memory as far as where they want to bend. Um, and like my buddy started trad bow hunting a few years ago and he was having problems with his bow, just not tuning, not shooting. And it was a wood bow, and it was like, well, you know, trees are round; they're naturally bending in a circle. And this this bow is trying to go. Somebody told him the bow is trying to go back to the way that it started. I don't know if that ever. I'm worried about wood bows because of that. I was I was leaning towards synthetic. Is that a legit um, problem? Is that something that you've even heard? No. of?
1: No. If it's a laminate, if it's a laminated bow, no. Okay. Because you got to realize, like the the wood portion of the limbs, they're trying to twist on you. Uh, for the most part, most of the modern laminated bows, they're a small percentage of the of the laminate of the laminate um, of the laminate schedule or the buildup of the of the limb. So if you can picture like a popsicle stick like that thin mm-hmm. just imagine like um, six pieces or eight pieces of material, the thickness of a popsicle stick, mostly sometimes thinner. I'm just trying to get a visual or say a yardstick, like a measuring stick. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had six or eight of those and you stack them, clamp them, glue them, that's how you build a limb up and you build it into the shape and then it takes that shape. Well, two of those six laminates may be wood. The rest of them are glass or carbon or whatever, some type of synthetic.
0: Interesting. So yeah. So if yeah. I'm working if I'm if I'm hunting on the coast, moisture isn't is going to be an issue with me. If I buy a wood bow, I'm, I wouldn't have to worry about all if, that. If the, bow is, if the bow is built
1: properly and sealed properly, no.
0: How big of a if is that?
1: Well, <laughs> so so you, you, you're you're you getting you you're dragging me into the weeds. So <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. Um, I'm sorry. But I guess everybody likes technical crap and data and charts and flow sheets and shit. Well, so I was I looking
0: guess. at like South, like South Cox. I, I, I know him. I, I want to support good people. I like South Cox. Uh, I was thinking about going with one of his bows or the Bob Lee bows that um, Jake Downs shoot. And I've heard you, I think you've had good success. or I, I forget which one you were you were really excited about that you helped design. Um, that, well,
1: uh, I, I went to uh, Bob Lee bows um, two summers ago and uh, went over there four trip, four trips over four three day trips and basically helped them design and develop their um, Cobra Curve limbs, mm-hmm. their carbon fiber carbon fiber limbs. Um, they had never had success, you know, building carbon fiber limbs and high performance limbs. And so, through Jake, they reached out to me, and well, basically Jake said, "Dude, I want I want my bows to shoot like your bows, but I want to support Bob Lee because they're good people." would you be willing to go over there and help rob do this and i said yeah yeah for sure um and so that's what we did and uh it's it's yeah it's a great performing bow i mean it's um like i've only shot i've only shot three at one time i owned over 200 traditional bows jesus um I had a sickness, you know, <laughs> but I've been collecting them for years. I just yeah. never sold any. And then I was having them made by every other person thinking, okay, this is going to be the next Holy grail. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, um, I've shot three, three bows from three manufacturers in the 30 years of screwing around with these things that I feel are noticeably different and set themselves apart from the rest of the crowd so you take those three bows and move them out in their own category and then every other modern recurve modern longbow out there to me there's not two percent difference so there's literally not you could i could blindfold you and you could shoot 20 of them from different voyeurs and you wouldn't be able to Know, have them see, feel a noticeable difference.
0: Well, I, I remember you talking about that conversation with about the Bob Lee bows, and I just yeah. really, um really want to start off with a good bow and not have to buy an upgrade later. Like, I just, i've I, if I'm going to trad hunt, I want to get a really good bow. And so I was kind of leaning yeah. towards the one that you helped design because I'm like, well, if Brian did it, it's probably done right. You know, like, I just well, really want to, yeah. or, or if you helped with it or had a hand in it, it's yeah. not going to be a pile of shit. So, um
1: no and, and what i would say is is that um and listen I, I love those guys down there and I, i'm just i'm always a very black and white guy um like their bows that are like their bows before the the shikara that they make now and the cobra curve stuff they fall into that category of there's not a two percent difference between everything else
0: okay
1: um i'm just being honest and When it comes to traditional bows, like you said, like I like South, I want to support, support what he does. Um, for the most part, most people buy their, their traditional bows based on, um, who they like and how that company represents itself and how it represents hunting, you know, that kind of thing. That's probably what led me to owning so many damn bows at one point in my life is I just like talking to the people and, you know, like their story and, um i've had a lot of obscure bows and just really been kind of been through it all but you know if there's a guy in florida um very obscure very few people know about him his name is steve jewett he makes a bushman to me uh his his um recurves uh or I mean, to me, those are the holy grail of, of bows, um, from his connection system to how they perform, um, everything about them. It's just, and, and I did work closely with him, um, uh, to design his Spartan series years ago. Um, he actually made me commit to buy 10 bows to, in, to like begin the project and actually engage in it. He's like, I, I you know, I don't want to do this. And then nobody buying I said, well how many would i have to buy for you to do it he said 10 i said done let's do it here's where really? going. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this was a long time ago this is probably 15 years ago maybe um no maybe not that long maybe 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 10 or 12 years ago. he's still so, he's still in the game doing it oh oh yeah yeah okay. yeah but he you know he probably only builds i bet he only builds 50 bows a year Hmm. But they're they're masterpieces from the aesthetic all the way to how they shoot. Okay, and then the Bob Lee Shikara, uh, If you like a real heavy bow, um, that that is like high performance, he- like heavier mass. It's got a G10 riser. It's um, uh, but the limb performance is phenomenal. So I remember when we we finally. I think the first bow Robin I built came out at like eighty two pounds. <laughs> like crap that ain't gonna work holy so yeah well when you're coming up with new laminate schedules you just you got to basically get a starting point and go okay well we did we built it with this many thousands and all these laminates here's what came out 82 now we can do the math to get it down to normal human weight Mm -hmm. so the second one he built was he was trying to hit 55. no yeah 54 55 because that's what he shot 54 55 at 28. And so the second one we did, it came out at 47. And so I think his hunting bow was 54 and he goes, okay, so we're going to test this thing. So I said, listen, take the same arrow that you're shooting out of your 54 pound bow and use your 54 pound bow as a baseline and then shoot that same arrow out of the 47. Then we're going to know what the Delta is as far as performance increase. Mm -hmm. So he said, "Well, it's not apples to apples because it's not the same weight." I said, "Well, I understand, but you're still going to be able to see. You're going to what you're going to be able to identify is what poundage swing that we've created. Like, like how much more efficient is this bow seven pounds lighter than the fifty-four pound bow?" And he goes, "Okay." So he went to his buddy's place and shot it through chronograph, and uh, shot it through a Hooter shooter too, and uh, I believe, hmm. and um, I. Th- think don't quote me on this but i know that the 47 pound bow with the same arrow was faster than the 54 by one or two feet per second that's incredible Um, it was incredible so basically we created a seven pound swing
0: yeah that's huge so everybody's
1: you know they're like we can just shoot a lighter bow like oh no no no, don't do that shoot your same weight that you're comfortable with but now shoot a heavier arrow you know now you now you've that you you can you've increased velocity and you're you able to increase mass you're getting yourself closer into that more efficient energy source range you know because mm-hmm. a bow's your, your bows your engine so um so anyway i know that that was the kind of the swing on those bows which was incredibly impressive to me the bows the bow is real heavy um It's a a bulky three-piece design with a bulky riser. Like, Jake loves it. Jake loves a super, super heavy bow. I don't. Um, I want the bow, once I put the quiver and the arrows and everything on, to be a certain weight. And once you do that with a a heavier bow, they get too heavy for me. Um, And then the third bow that I've shot that is equally as impressive is uh, Trent Wingard's bows. Uh, out of Montana. Um, he has done his own due diligence and his own design and, and, um, and figured out the carbon limb laminate system that works. And his bows are really nice as well, works of art as well. And I honestly feel like from a recurve standpoint, those three are just, I just feel like they're in another league. Um, and, uh, and then everything else is kind of just like tied for a second. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I want to get into different types of strings and and not get too in-depth to it. The types of strings really matter in your opinion? No. Okay. No. We'll just move on then. Um, Whatever the
1: Boyer has recommended used to be the best string for their bow. They've gone through it and played with it. Mm -hmm. Don't screw with it. Now, I will say that all my bows have mountain muffler strings on them because he weaves in the the fluffy stuff <laughs> um, the I don't care what you call <laughs> uh, yeah, some kind you know the the string sound material, but he uses like a, some type of faux fur oh. but he but he weaves that into the string when he makes it because so most strings, um, most strings um, sorry, I' gotta plug my <laughs> phone in here bear with me one second it's back. all good yeah. yeah so most strings that that have you know silencers or whatever on them um uh, those strings the silencers are you know far enough down to where they don't come in contact with the limb but with a recurve for me having some type of silencing material in contact with the curve of the limb is super critical because what it does is is it uh eliminates that slap um and it and it stops the vibration of the string twice as fast now you're going to lose a foot per second well you're already shooting a slow boat to china so who cares yeah you know um so for me like string wise and i'm sure that there are other companies that make stuff like that i just know that the mountain muffler strings is what I've been used to. They, you know, and they'll make it out of whatever you want, and then they put that material woven in. And they've just been great for me. Um, hmm. And you know, you, you tie your knocks on. Um, you use a a, a, a tied knock, not a pinch knock, and that way you can twist it and run it up and down your serving to easily adjust your your uh, knock point.
0: Okay, and yep. I'm I'm really liking the idea of a clicker. Um, just because I am always trying to find consistency wherever I can. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's your, opinion on clickers, especially for a new guy like me, I, I feel like it would be really valuable. I, I picture it being like, I'm in the moment and I'm, I'm adrenaline's pumping and I draw back farther than normal, you know, it's just, and I just want that clicker to keep me grounded and consistent. It's a great
1: for, so for me, it's a great training tool. Um, they've been around forever. Um, and, uh, um, A lot of guys have, have used them and then they use them in the field. You've had the, I don't know if we'll call it a benefit, but you've had the experience of hunting, uh, my crackheads in Alabama. Yes. And if you have a clicker on your bow, you're not going to kill an Alabama (laughs) whitetail
0: with a stick bow. I could see that.
1: And and a a really famous person that had a short stint, you know, in uh, the trad bow world um learned that the hard way and he was stuffing shit up in the clicker to try to quiet it down and wow still they just so he finally had to rip it off because um it just it's not going to help you any with a like an elk it, it it's not going to be a problem i don't think
0: i don't think so either um,
1: Yeah, because no. I, I use a hinge with a clicker I'll already <laughs> yeah and so here's one thing i'll tell you is um that you'll experience it you'll truly commit to shooting one of these is you're going to kill a lot of stuff on the second arrow on a follow-up arrow. Really? So you're going to basically fire, you are going to fire a lot of warning shots <laughs> and, but the bows are so quiet that the animals just don't react. And you're going to load another arrow and you're going to kill an animal on the second shot. I have, I have killed hundreds of animals with a stick bow after firing a warning shot. And, and every every time I tell the story, people are like, you know, that's so stupid. I don't know why you hunt with that thing. You should just hunt in the compound. stuff's so hard enough. And I'm like, well, you know, I always want to be, you know, fair and ethical and give everything a sporting chance. So if you fire a warning shot, now you, everybody knows that you're, you know, at war. So, um, but get ready for it because it's, it's going to happen. Um, and it happens a lot. I mean, I would say, I think I've killed. I was trying to remember this other day. I think I killed nine or 10 elk with a stick bow. Hmm. And I know that at least four of them, I missed low. Um, Cause elk are so big and you're, I'm, I'm not a range guy. I've never used them. And I'm always judging yardage with a stick bow. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, he's 25 yards and he's 35, you know, and, <laughs> right. and you shoot under him. But, and they've just stood there. Um, and so that's a like a, high, a very high percentage. You know, so let's say forty percent of the elk I've killed with a stick bow has been on a second shot,
0: yeah,
1: um, because I've wigged out and missed or whatever. But um, so you're 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 a really good shot. You have good hand eye coordination, and most guys that have that that shoot stick bows, Jake Downs will tell you the same thing. You'll never, very rarely, will you miss left or right. Yeah, um, that's me. Never left or right. It's with a stick bow. It's going to be high and low. Okay. And that's so that's kind of the that's kind of the, the the trick to it all for me is like when we were developing these bows over the last ten or twelve years with different guys. What I was trying to achieve is the ability to shoot the mass arrow I want to shoot, but shorten that max point blank range. So I want to reduce my high and low. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if my bow with a 600 grain arrow is dropping, you know, from max point blank range down to 30, if it's dropping 14 inches, man, if I could get that to eight, you know, with a more efficient tool to send the arrow down range, that's what I'm always hunting. That's what I was always striving for was just shorten that high and low gap. Because that's the only way you're going to miss, really, if you're a proficient shooter, is um, is left and right. That makes and, uh, that
0: makes total sense to me. And and I guess for 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 trad bows, I've heard I've heard all sorts of shit with with trad bow arrow setups. But I'm thinking somewhere between uh, I want to be around a five twenty five, five fifty. Is that good? Bad? Because I yeah. feel like that's oh plenty. yeah, yeah
1: yeah. So yeah, so for me here here's where it lies, like. I would never, for me, I would never shoot anything under 550 only because I've just done it a long time and I, and I know what it takes to be consistently proficient with a stick bow and mass is a big part of it, um, for two reasons, number one mass, but number two, more stable arrow flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a more forgiving arrow and it's going to be uh, easier to get good, stable flight, consistent flight with a heavier arrow. So, so you wouldn't
0: be afraid to go 600. Then it sounds like you, sh- you shoot 600 currently. So so I think Jake and I's arrows are exactly the same. Uh-huh. I think they're identical.
1: And I think both of our arrows are five ninety.
0: Okay, I'm pretty sure.
1: Um, and I, I've shot up a, a, a arrow within 25 grains for that for 20 something years. So out of a stick boat, um, but i would not be afraid to shoot a 550 grain arrow if it was just flying perfect um here's i'm trying to do an abridged version of this um even though some stick bows are very simple they're extremely hard to tune in stay tuned yeah so um but one of the things that i do that uh and some of the guys that I know that are very, very, very lethal guys with, with a stick bow is when I'm practicing shooting or shooting a 3d course, just target shooting. I only shoot bear shafts. Period. uh, Fletching is never a fletched arrow is never in my quiver unless there's a broadhead on the front of it because that bear shaft or the stick bow tells no lies. And so when you're, dicking up and not doing it right or short drawing or torquing the string, getting your face in it or whatever, that that bear shaft is is gonna tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. And if the bow's out of tune, it's gonna tell you what it's doing wrong. And so I'm sure your question is, I know your mind, how does a stick bow get out of tune? It's really pretty simple. It's the brace height. The string stretches. That's what I've heard. The brace height, add and twists yeah. into your
0: string, and and then yeah, I, I I've heard that only because my buddy four three or four years ago was just fighting his trad bow man, and he went way down the rabbit hole, and I heard him just complaining about brace height and adding twists, and then just all sorts. I'm like, you're not selling me on wanting to get in trad hunting, man. So, but yeah, no, well, he was going through exactly what you're saying was was the brace height was all messed up on it or something.
1: Yeah, and so what you want to do is is once you get that brace height established that the bow lights, every bow is different. Like if I had one of these guys build me five 54-28 bows identical, every one of them is going to be slightly different. Really? You know? Yeah, they're not as consistent as like a compound, okay?
0: So you have to fiddly fart with, with it just to find out, you know, just shoot a bunch of arrows and fiddly fart with it? Yeah. Really?
1: And uh, so you're going to have the combination of your knock point, you know, adjusting your knock point and then your brace height. And so, hmm. and they both affect the same thing. So it's kind of a, it's, 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 it's a challenge, but what I do is, is once I've got that brace height, perfect, I'll take my arrows and, and knock them. And then I'll put a, a, a Sharpie mark at, on the back of the riser on the arrow. So I can always just look and say, okay, brace height's good you don't have to measure it not to be in the field you know if you're out hunting and you knock one up and you look and you're like crap the the uh the sharpie marks a quarter inch behind the riser i got to put some twist in the string
0: that makes sense that's really smart yeah i never yeah, yeah i never would have thought of that um i um, guess <clears throat> i i want to get into and i'm running out of time here so i'm going to try and blow <laughs> through some questions here um I have shot trad bows and I've, I've been pretty accurate when I have, I mean, I have shot really cheap shitty ones and I wasn't accurate at all. And then I shot a really good one for the first time. And I was hitting a pop can pretty consistently at 15 15 yards, you know, Uh, nothing amazing, but um, I, I really gravitated towards three below the knock, three fingers below the knock. Is that pretty standard? Is that normal?
1: It is. It's, you know, I shot a split finger for 15 years and um and that's the way i always shot and then in the last 10 years i started shooting three under um and the reason is is that the visual gap between your arrow and your eye the the closer it is the less calculations you have to do
0: okay that's what i was thinking
1: and i know people are going to going to cringe when they hear this especially the pure. but you know the the boat the boyers will say hey i'm going to tiller your bow for split finger or three under when i've asked for it to be tillered for split finger and then i shoot three sometimes it shoots better three under when i've asked for it to be tillered for three under sometimes it shoots better split finger okay so you have to tune around all that crap okay um there was a time when I was trying to stretch my trad world to 40 yards for elk. Okay. That was the end of the world for me. 40. And, um, but I was so accurate at 40 yards. Um, because it was my point on when I was shooting a split finger, uh, setup. Mm-hmm. So when I went to a three under that all changed, but what was funny is, is that when I started shooting targets at, at 40, I would go back to split finger and it would be, dead on. And so for years, if I had something standing at 40, I would shoot my bow split finger point on and zing it. Hmm. Um, and that's big stuff, you know, elk, moose, that kind of thing. Um, I quit doing that because, um, your brain is not always going to tell you like, I always try to keep things super simple and having to change your grip. That was just kind of another thought that I had to go through and so I just quit doing it and just got used to shooting everything three under. I fought the three under thing for a while but what I do like about it is it eliminates the string pinch the knock pinch yep okay and and I feel like it makes a definitely a more consistent shot okay that's why I did it more than anything more than the sight picture anything else is I felt like I got a lot of that that um tail walking high and low mm-hmm. that i would get every now and then with a with a split finger i think that just kind of went away um but the most important thing i'm telling you practice with bear shafts okay i will practice with bear shafts i'm telling you <laughs> and then when you then when you put the fletchings on it's like you can't screw up you know what i mean yeah yeah and it's like like back in a previous life i used to drive race cars a little bit and when we would practice um when we'd practice on a track i was very familiar with you know the guys would say hey you're just asleep at the wheel man you've been running you've been running the same times you know constantly you got to get this car faster you can't just be happy with what you got and um so they'd go and they would just dick the car all up I mean, they would just take all the handling out of it make it super loose and make me go out there and fight that damn thing, you know, <laughs> during practice sessions. And you're literally having to just hyper focus and be perfect just to get it around the track, you know. Then when they would put the car back into shape and set everything back up right and you go around with that same mindset and you're doing everything just perfect, you're picking up tons of speed. Because you're practicing in your worst-case scenario, figuring out how to get something out of control around a track fast. Same thing with shooting a stick bow with bear shafts. You're shooting the worst-case scenario that's just out of control, and it's not going to be very forgiving, and you're just going to have to perfect every shot, every shot. Then when you put the fletchings on, you can't even see the knock. You can't even you can't even see the arrow fly. It's perfect. And that's how you're going to kill animals is perfect arrow flight. If you see those feathers wobbling headed down range, you're out. You're gonna you're going have half the arrow hanging out. I mean, it's just it just is what it is. So If you can see that knock spinning, it's gonna zip right through
0: it. I know this is just gonna come from studying and, and maybe we have to do a follow up episode, but I, I guess I would have to learn um, all the manipulations I do to the arrow and then what causes those. You know, what causes Correct. the tail left, what causes, you know, whatever. So that, I've got to pretty big learning curve ahead of me it sounds like
1: yeah but you know so i will say that that with stick bows um the spine is more critical the spine of a shaft is more critical than on compounds so you'll you'll be able to see like all the tuning methods that you have extensive experience in you'll be able to see all those those indicators they're going to be a lot more um visual they're going to be highlighted a lot more with a stick boat yeah. and um so but you'll know the basics to make those changes and, and get it shooting good and then you know you're going to want to throw feathers on and make yourself look great and shoot all these beautiful groups and yeah. you know for instagram of course. of course and um yeah and but you're not doing yourself any justice by doing that um because you're just you're fooling yourself um into thinking that you're a good trad bow shot and you've got, you know, good efficient air flight.
0: Interesting. What uh, spine would I need to start with for what depends on what weight, but I would, I would do about a 50 to 53 pound. I don't want to go up to 55. I just think that's a little bit. I want to be really comfortable at full draw. So I'm thinking 50, Um,
1: probably four hundreds. Okay. If you, if you get one of the better high performance recurves and you shoot four hundreds, like 50 grains of components and a one seventy five to 200 grain head, um, you'll be about in that five fifty range, and if you can get that to fly, it's a it's a deadly setup. Um,
0: and how long do You cut your arrows because you and I have the same specs, pretty much, right? We do. We
1: shoot. The, yeah, we're about the same. Um, I'm a lot tougher than you, but we're about the same size. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Kidding.
0: I can't grow the facial hair like you do. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: well, I'm I'm a lot older too, so it's mostly white now. But um, no, the so the way I do it is is I'll put. So for me like I'm the reason day 6 makes broadheads is because I wanted to make our XL broadhead for stick bow hunting. That was my holy grail dream broadhead that nobody would make. But I knew I was only going to sell like 12 of them a year to stick bow people so we <laughs> need to make them for compound folks. So um but anyway, so I'll start with a 200 grain point because that's what I want to build my arrow around is that head. Okay. Um and then I'll start the shaft, you know, I'm, there's no reason to start with a full length shaft for me because I know that I can go ahead and take an inch off of it or whatever, and I'm going to be working down from there. But let's just say you start with a full length bare shaft, you got everything glued up, and you got your field point on there and you just start shooting. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to start at the Boyer's recommended uh, brace height. Okay. And you're going to start the knot point a little bit of just, you know, an eighth highest center. Okay, and um, and start shooting that way. And then what you're going to do there is just pull your knock and trim the arrow from the back. Because what you're what you're trying to achieve is your first shot. Uh, you want that arrow to be slightly weak, so you're going to want it. You know, knock left, planing right. That way, you can start trimming from the back right. and stiffening that shaft. So if you get it down to like. 29 28 inches and it's still not you're like crap that's not going to work now i gotta go to a 350 see what i'm saying yep
0: yep 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 um you do like a half what inch what's... at a time what are you doing
1: <laughs> well if you listen to the uh to the experts yeah a half inch at a time but i can tell you that there ain't there's not many stick bow guys out there that can tell the difference in a half inch. so you go an there. inch then probably well i look at it you know, I'm sitting there looking at it because, I mean, I can tell from years of experience if it's so much left, I may cut two inches off of it at one time because I can go, oh, man, that thing's way out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then you can start playing a half inch at a time and tell yourself that you're that good that you can notice <laughs> it. <there first> <laughs> it's pretty hard. Um, so, but that's how I do it. And um, and then start firing those bear shafts, man, and you get those babies flying consistent where they're straight in the target, they're grouping. It's once you get that, you're home free. When you put a broadhead and, and fletching on, man, it's just you just don't see them fly. And like I said at the beginning, man, arrow flight is ninety nine percent of getting good penetration with a stick bow. Yeah, all that other stuff is just mental masturbation. If you want to
0: know the truth about it, I appreciate that. So- yeah. Well, I think you and I are both uh, having to get off of here, but um, God, I've got so much more um, questions and stuff. <laughs> I, I we'll probably have to get together again some other time, and I can just do a part two of this and and because um, I'm i wanting to talk about shooting off the shelf, having a little red. I want to I want to cover all that stuff. So um, if yeah. if you've got well, time and and you know in the future, well, we'll- you can get, yeah,
1: get you a bow and start shooting, and then we can work through your. Agonies and sorrows.
0: Well, I i was looking at the hoyt Satori, but I don't know yeah. if that's a good bow. I mean I've shot it and it was cool, but I'm like, I don't know. But
1: well it's it's super it's super consistent. Um so it's an aluminum riser bow, right?
0: I I think so. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. And then it has the wooden yeah. limbs or something like that, or laminate limbs.
1: Yeah, or... it's not gonna be a high performance bow, but you can find one easily. It's a probably a really good bow to learn on. And um because it's probably gonna be a little more forgiving. Uh, it's not as aggressive of a, of a limb uh you know that you're going to have center shot with aluminum riser so that's a given mm-hmm. um i just can't personally hunt with aluminum riser i feel like they don't have a soul um <laughs> okay. i'm completely a hypocrite because my risers are all like <laughs> composite g10 glass and all this space age crap but it was actually sanded and formed by hand you know what i mean okay. it wasn't there's a little tlc CNC there.
0: machine so
1: I mean, it's a total hypocritical thing to say because you got carbon limbs and yeah. composite this. And yeah, it's a joke. But anyway, I, I, I stand high on my hypocritical heel there. Um, but it's a, probably a really good bow for you to start on. Okay. And you can find them cheap and learn and then decide what you want as far as a really, a really good you know custom rig,
0: would you start 45 pounds just so you can build good form and everything, or would Hell you start no. at 50?
1: Hell no, really? No, this is one thing I was talking with my buddy Scott Crippen. Um, Scott's my age, he's been my trad bow hunting guy for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He and I have traveled all over the world together with stick bows, and he's deadly, deadly with a stick bow. There's no disadvantage with that guy in a stick bow, and he's actually he started building longbows like six months ago, just for the hell of it. Built self bows. He's, he's not doing them to sell and stuff. He's just like for fun. Um, but, um, uh, but we were just talking about this the other day because everybody he's been talking to, you know, about bows and all, they're like, yeah, I want a 40 or a 45. And he's like, what in the hell are y'all talking about? <laughs> are you going to hunt with this? So, I mean, the trend has gone so far down in weight because everybody's focusing on the 3d shoots and going and shooting targets and for me it's man how are you going to get through an elk how are you going to get through a moose that's what i'm thinking i'm not thinking about what my score is going to be on target 25 right because i'm too tired i don't care i want to know what my score is on one through five you know i want those first five shots to be deadly with as much poundage as i can shoot Okay. Because you're gonna you're gonna screw up with a stick bow. You're gonna hit them bad, man. If you're shooting a forty five pound bow, and listen, I can hear it now. Oh, I've killed this and that with a. Pl-. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. But for me, I want to shoot as much weight as I can. Yeah. So if you can't shoot fifty pounds, man, hit the gym. Do something. <laughs> Swing a hammer. Go split some wood. Do something. You know. Copy. But. Yeah. I mean, when I get to the point where I can't shoot 50 when I'm too old and I can't shoot 50, I have a stick bow anymore, I'm shooting a compound. Okay. So when I get too old to shoot a compound... I'm going to a rifle. I'm not going to a crossbow. I'm skipping <laughs> over that and going to a rifle. Good man. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know I, I think I think everybody has one thing in common. Everybody hates crossbows. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know.
1: Like, I feel so bad. Pick a link anyway. But um hey buddy, I I enjoyed it again as always. Yeah. Go get you a toy and start playing with it. And we'll we'll work through getting your air set up right and then
0: oh, I'll probably we'll be, get back uh, on here
1: to do a a, a a recap
0: yeah i'll be blowing up your phone here once i start having you know issues <laughs> with my with my bow so all right brother hey i You're appreciate well. it brian as always and i will uh, i'll talk to you soon man all right buddy see ya. yeah